Hello everyone, uh, Sława Bogom and welcome to the 22nd episode of Searching for the Slavic Soul. Uh, I am kind of, um, I am a bit ashamed that I am seeing you after uh, yet another longer break than anticipated and this time it's like 100% my fault because after recording the last episode I started working on another one like another episode and um, completely lost track of time uh, reading and uh, thinking and you know preparing the uh, material and um, so I wanted to uh, I still want uh, to talk about initiation rituals um, and it turned out to be a topic so well so deep and complex that I kind of almost drowned in literature and, uh, and in my thoughts and uh, really only recently I realized that actually it's been two months and I'm still not even half ready uh, to talk about the topic so I will not be talking about initiation rituals today because I'm nowhere near ready but instead to kind of keep the episodes rolling and uh, keep the podcast going I thought I'd pick up the topic I uh, started to talk about uh, back in 2020 um, in the in the episode number seven which was supposed to be uh, the first in a series, the first episode in a series of, you know, the beginner's guide to Slavic native faith. But then I got distracted and yeah, and uh, started doing something else. Um, since actually, since, <laughs> since we are on the topic of getting distracted or forgetting stuff, I am going to introduce myself today, which I, um, yeah, I think I forgot in the last two episodes or something like that. So my name is Magda Lewandowska and I might just be the most disorganized and uh, most scatterbrained podcast presenter you will ever see or hear if you're only listening. Anyway, today we begin picking up where we left uh, actually over two years ago and we are going to be talking about how to start with uh, being a Rodnover and um, with kind of following uh, Slavic native faith. Uh, so if uh, you're interested in that, uh, keep listening. I'm not sure if you remember or not, um, two years ago in the episode number seven, uh, I was talking about the entry requirements for a follower of Slavic native faith. And again, it was supposed to be the kind of first episode of the beginner, beginner series, but then I started doing something else. Uh, still, if you go back to the uh, episode number seven, I was talking about three requirements, like entry requirements to Slavic native faith. Um, these requirements were one, to find some ancestors to venerate and to interact with, uh, two, to get rid of uh, or at least t 
turn down the compulsion to pray daily or even more often as some uh, pagans do and the third requirement was to find a decent helpful and strong community to of capable people um, kind of yeah in the episode number seven i have explained the the reasons behind all of these requirements so i will not be uh, discussing it now uh, and i think i started uh, in the episode number nine uh, to elaborate about dollar which is one of the reasons why you need ancestors uh, but then of course i got distracted with that's my dog chili uh, but then i got of, of course i got distracted with um, other stuff um, and started talking about something else as i do right now sorry i have some technical dif difficulties here which i'm trying to address but it's not really going very well so every now and then if i look uh, more distracted than uh, than uh, i typically do just you know that's me trying to cope with all of this so uh, where was i yes dollar 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 is super important for um, a rod novel's life so if you don't know what it is and how to get one uh, do listen to the episode number nine uh, but other than other than dollar you kind of trying to find your dollar or identify your dollar um, your first step as a road novel would be to actually get a reality check uh, if you if you want to be really fancy you might call it getting in touch with uh, istina so really the reality uh, the reason why you need a reality check it's because in all likelihood having been um, brought up uh, in a judeo-christian culture you have got a lot of misconceptions about uh, following a religion and i guess you have a lot of uh, mis misconceptions about um, you know yourself too uh, because uh, judeo-christian tradition has you believe has pretty much a lot of people believe that we are like the designated rulers of the universe and uh, are somehow better um, or more important than everything else uh, that you know god loves us and that we need um, the god's love to live i suppose like live to breathe and function and the truth is that we don't and you don't um, in slavic paganism uh, humans are really not not that special we're just a regular part of the ecosystem we're not really uh, that important or you know helpful and if you look at the if you look at the events of the last hundred years of or, or so um, we might actually be bad for the planet i mean I mean you know that's an overestimation too because uh, really 
all the harm we are doing to the natural environment, it's really only hurting us. Uh, it's making the planet less habitable for us, for humans. It's less making the planet less habitable for our children and their children. Um, you know, Mother Nature will always find a way. And if humanity decides to finish itself off, uh, the life on Earth will continue flourishing like nothing really happened. Uh, same thing happened after, you know, dinosaurs were extinct. Uh, you know, nothing really stopped. Things kept going and uh, new uh, species continued developing and flourishing. And, uh, you know, it's, it wouldn't be the first time. Um, still, you know, obviously, that, that, it's, that is a different story. So I think I'm just going to leave it here. Uh, reality check. Yes, reality check. So, um, as a freshly converted Rodnover, you actually need to realize that you are not special and unique. Uh, not any more than any other living uh, being in is social and unique. So, you are just a mammal. You are part of the um, ecosystem and gods don't actually care about you any more than they care about, I don't know, a rat or a pigeon. Um, you don't need to please uh, Slavic gods, you don't need to fulfill their expectations because they don't really have any <laughs> expectations with regards to you. Uh, gods don't have any plan for your life there is no commandments to follow no sins uh, to repent no absolutions to receive uh, no god is going to love you uh, or die for you or save you well actually if you're good at bargaining um, and are ready to pay the price a god might uh, <laughs> might save you but well it's if it happens, it's going to cost you dearly. Uh, so as far as Slavic gods are concerned, you are just free to do as you please and deal with any positive or negative um, effects or consequences of your actions. Also, since we are on the topic uh, of you not being special, uh, not being unique and uh, uh, being in an urgent need of a reality check, you might as well realize that nothing you think of yourself is real unless you can prove it. Because, as I explained in the episode number Five, the hierarchy of the world of Slavic pagans was based on competence and skills. So basically, if you, um, for example, want to be Viedma or Sheptucha, so a Slavic witch, you've got to be able to do real magic like, I don't know, um, magically cure a disease or make the rain fall down from the sky. And if your magic doesn't have any real effects in the reality, so in the Istina, you are not a witch. You are just not, no matter how many fancy beads or skulls or feathers or no muddy makeup you put on yourself, you are still not a Viedma. You can throw a tantrum because of that, slam the door or, I don't know, accuse uh, me of 
what was I accused of recently? Misogyny or something? But none of it will ever make you a Slavic witch. Uh, the only thing that will make you a Viedma is your competence in Slavic magic, which means uh, effectively and successfully changing the reality in a magical way. Unless you can make it happen, it ain't true. So, yeah, reality check is very important part of Slavic native faith because um, Slavic native faith is a religion of doing and achieving. Uh, you know, whether your soul is pure or body is pure or intentions are like pristine, it doesn't actually matter at all. What matters is what you can get done in your life, what you can achieve. And the ultimate goal of the life of a Rodnover is to become a venerated ancestor. And uh, as long as you manage to achieve it in your lifespan, you are a good Rodnover and everyone is happy. And actually, well, not everyone, every single one person is happy, but the certainly every person that matters, so your family and the community of uh, capable uh, and reasonable people you managed to find before you decided to become a Rodnover, they are happy, basically. And um, actually, since we are on the topic of uh, people that matter, um, I'd like to quickly mention people that <laughs> don't matter, which is pretty much everyone that is not a member of your family, uh, is not a member of your capable community, as well as everyone who, who is not currently, so at this moment, a guest in your house. Uh, because I hope you remember from the episode number four, uh, as a Rodnover, as a follower of Slavic native faith, it is your religious duty to be hospitable, to receive guests, to honor them and uh, ensure no harm comes to them while they under your roof. Uh, a part of these three groups of people, no one really matters to you from a perspective of Slavic native faith. So the person on the internet that left a very uh, rude and unkind comment uh, doesn't matter at all. Uh, someone on the other side of the world talking about something that doesn't affect you in the slightest. It is not your problem. Uh, the only time you should care about people who don't matter are times where, when these people are trying to hurt you or hurt your family or hurt your strong and capable community or your current guest. And by hurt, I actually mean physically hurt because, and I most probably will take a, a lot of criticism for what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, because at this stage I really don't care. Uh, what many of modern Rodnovers need to realize that um, in Slavic tradition, words don't actually ca count as hurt unless they are f followed by hurtful actions. Um, I mean, you know, let me rephrase. In Slavic tradition, 
negative or as they called nowadays unkind words of a regular person don't count as hurt and that these words they cannot cause hurt in and by themselves they are some types of words that can hurt you uh, these are words spoken by a person with supernatural powers like for example Wiedźma uh, so a Slavic witch I was talking about uh, such person can curse you and in this case the words of this curse will cause harm to you um, another type of words that can harm you are words of praise uh, seriously our Slavic ancestors believed that praising someone or something can actually um, bring bad luck on this something or someone hence for example um they our ancestors they gave gave their children really ugly <laughs> names uh, such names like nielub which means um one who is in loved or liked uh, or niemog which means one who is just incapable uh, such names they were given to young children in order to protect them from the from malevolent spirits and these names they were only changed uh, for like proper like positive uh, names uh, they were changed during reti re initiation ritual which for boys was called postrzyżyny and for girls um, zapleciny so that was the initiation ritual that was like you know designed to officially accept uh, boy and a girl into the community of Slavs and only then the ugly name was changed for one that actually meant something you know positive or nice what I am trying to say here uh, is uh, that unless insults or bad wishes are said to you by a person with supernatural abilities these insults or bad wishes these words you don't like or which you find offending or insulting these words they cannot hurt you what more the words that can actually hurt you are praises so the things that you you know might want to hear which in turn means that um, as a practicing road novel you should stop getting offended by <laughs> what people say uh, unless this person has supernatural abilities but you know in this case you better off being respectful and kind to this you know person with supernatural abilities otherwise you know you're putting yourself at even more risk of angering let's say the Wiedźma uh, and ending up in even more supernatural troubles um, uh, if there are any words that you should be wary of uh, uh, the, those are the words of praise uh, particularly if such words are coming from a stranger so not a member of your family or community uh, such kind and supportive words can actually end up triggering an attack of malevolent spirits which you obviously don't want and um, and now pretty much every person who was brought up in a Slavic culture at least in my generation 
uh, every single such person has thick skin uh, with regards to these unkind words or comments and um, we know that words are not violence we know that because we were brought up in families that truly believed in loving by criticizing and avoiding praising at any cost <laughs> however uh, it seems that majority of people who were brought up outside of slavic culture part particularly people who were brought up in the uh, states and canada usa and canada they actually really truly um, believe that words can hurt them which to a slav sounds absolutely crazy like that's just bonkers uh, so um, for any freshly converted practitioner of Slavic native faith uh, who was brought up to be sensitive to unkind and words, unkind words and how is it called nowadays, unsafe spaces, um, just stop getting offended. If anything, as practicing Rodnover, start getting suspicious of anyone who praises you. Uh, because in Slavic tradition, it is the praise that can actually hurt you. So, um, that's the stuff that can hurt you. And uh, I was talking about the ultimate life goal of a, of a Rodnover, uh, which is to become a venerated ancestor. Uh, it can be achieved, obviously, by having children. Um, but actually, you know, only if you treat your children in a way that will give them a reason to venerate you after your death. Uh, so let me stress here, uh, being only a bi biological parent might not actually be enough to be venerated. I mean, it might be enough if your children are desperate to you know, venerate someone, uh, but counting on the desperation of children which you abandoned uh, is not really a smart move. Uh, when you're planning your afterlife, uh, I, you know, it's always better to be safe uh, than sorry. So if you have children and uh, just be a good parent to them, you know, give them plenty of reasons to remember you and uh, appreciate you and invite you for jade so slavic rituals of ancestors ancestral veneration uh, obviously after your death um, uh, having children is the most obvious but not the only way to become um, a venerated ancestor uh, uh, you can get positively involved you can also get positively involved in the life of other people from your family or not uh, you can become become a remembered ancestor in this way uh, you can have a meaningful positive impact on the life of your nieces or um, nephews uh, or people who although are not related to you by blood uh, they consider you like a member of their family um, i mean as a child for example as a child uh, teenager and kind of young adult as well. I had a few mentors whom I will absolutely never forget. Uh, they had uh, such a 
such an immense positive uh, influence on my life. I'm absolutely 100% going to be venerating them after they die, which hopefully they, you know, and thankfully they haven't died yet and they're not going to die anytime soon. But, you know, they will die at some point and they will definitely be invited to by myself to Jade. And I will share food uh, with them and drinks, drink with them. And I will, I will never really forget them because they mean so much to me. So, um, you know, if you don't have or won't have children, that's not the end of the world. You can start make, making positive difference in someone else's life. Uh, because as far as uh, Slavic native faith goes, it's, well, it's in your best interest in the interest of your whole afterlife to make a positive impact on, you know, like people's lives so you don't get forgotten um, after your death. Um, yeah, so that's that's uh, your goal in life when you are Rodnover. Um, uh, how you will achieve this goal, however, is, uh, is completely up to you uh, because there's no such a thing as seen uh, in Slavic native faith. There isn't um, like, you know, there aren't any bad ways of getting things done in uh, Slavic native faith. There's no good or evil either. There are only things that are benevolent or malevolent to you, to your family, to your community. Uh, if something is benevolent, you want it, you encourage it, and you try to make it happen. Uh, like, for example, you can, you know, get benevolent demons to live in your house, or, you know, you can just get demons to live in your house, and uh, by your action towards them, by your interactions with them, you can encourage them to act benevol benevolently towards you and your family. Uh, as far as Slavic native faith, like as far as morality in Slavic native faith, the only things we know for sure that you are supposed to be doing, you are supposed to be hospitable uh, to your guests, uh, you are supposed to be respectful and caring, caring, caring towards um, your elders, uh, particularly your parents, and. Uh, you are not supposed to contribute to generating malevolent demons, which basically it means that you that you know you are supposed to attend to the bodies of dead people and provide them with proper burial rituals so they don't you know turn into male malevolent demons after their death. Um, I mean, you know, that is a big simplification, but it's sufficient for what we are discussing here and now. Uh, if you want to learn more about uh, morality of Slavs, um, uh, like pre-Christian Slavs, obviously you are most welcome to listen to the episodes number uh, number 4 and 13 uh, of Searching for the Slavic Soul. Uh, so um, basically, as long as you're hospitable, uh, you treat your elders respectfully and uh, attend to the bodies of the dead. Uh, you are pretty much free to do whatever you think will work 
uh, and will achieve your goal of becoming a venerated ancestor. You can be honest and hardworking or you can be lazy cheater and a thief and do pretty much everything else on the spectrum between these two extremes um, as far as your religion goes, so as far as Slavic native faith go, it doesn't actually matter. <laughs> as long as you get shit done, uh, in my personal life, I tend to stay on the side of the legal things and the, yeah, stay within the law. Uh, but it's my personal choice. Uh, uh, Slavic native faith does not actually forbid you to uh, break the law. Uh, the only thing that you are not allowed to break is your promise, but only if uh, this promise or uh, an oath is made in the name of Slavic gods. Uh, so as long as you don't call Slavic gods to witness a lie, uh, you're pretty much good. Uh, but of course, whatever you decide to do, you have to take any consequences of your actions and deal with it. Which is, um, for example, what happened to um, uh, a guy called Mschivuj. Uh, he was a prince of Obodrites. Uh, I'm not actually sure how to say it in English. In uh, Polish it's called Obodrzyci. Obodrites. Obodrites, so a tribe of, uh, they were like a tribe of Polabian Slavs, and Mstivu um, um, had great political ambitions, which as a Slav you absolutely allowed to have, and in order to fulfill these ambitions he became a Christian, and uh, he wanted to marry a, a niece of a Duke of Saxony. So um, in order to show that Mischivu, in order to show that he was worth of, you know, marrying a niece of a Duke of Saxony, he joined um, Otto II in, in, the, in his campaign to Italy. And over there, in the fighting that ensued, um, Mischivu, uh, he lost, I think, most of his army. Uh, he did manage to come back uh, alive and, you know, come back to, you know, to the, to Saxony. Uh, um, but obviously, you know, he had no army. So the Duke of Saxony, like, you know, kicked him out. He called him a dog, which was a big insult and refused to let him marry the niece. Um, hearing the insult, I'm Stivo, imagine that. He did not throw a feet. He did not have a tantrum. Uh, he did not accuse the Duke of, you know, literal violence. He just turned around and went back to his Slavic tribe. And when he was <laughs> halfway to the land of, uh, of the Obodrites, the, the Duke of Saxony actually kind of changed his mind yet again. And, and he sent a messenger after Mstivuj and this messenger kind of was supposed to like uh, pass uh, on a message that, you know, like the Duke of Saxony didn't actually mean no, he meant yes. And, uh, you know, that Mstivuj can marry the niece. Uh, but by then Mstivuj, and to be honest, I'm not really 
I'm not really uh, blaming him. Um, he rightfully decided that he's just done with the Duke, who changes his mind twice daily. And um, Stivui told the Duke's messenger to just, you know, get lost. Um, as Helmold, uh, who recorded these events, uh, as he wrote, uh, Mstivu, what Mstivu actually said, he said, well then, if the dog be hail, he will take big bites. So basically, I don't know, I mean, I'm not an English native speaker. I really don't know how clear this is to a modern English speaker. But basically what Mstivu said, yeah, well, okay, if I'm a dog, then, you know, I go and get better and then we'll take a big bite. And, uh, <laughs> you know, nowadays, uh, some could uh, say that, uh, you know, Mstivu internalized the insult, uh, uh, but, you know, People who would say that clearly haven't met many Slavs because what Mstivoy actually did um, uh, was getting to, you know, back to the uh, to his people. Uh, over there, he get, gathered a new army and then he proceeded to, as Helmold uh, wrote in his chronicle, just waste the land of the Duke with, uh, of Saxony with fire and sword. Uh, Slavs burned all the churches <laughs> and destroyed, like, you know, they just evened them to the ground. Uh, they tortured, they murdered the priests and other ministers and uh, left not a vestige of Christianity beyond the Elbe River. Uh, I mean, you know, it wasn't so straightforward because in order to gather a new army, Mstivu actually had to first convince the pagan Slavs so his tribe, that he's still pagan, that the whole converting to Christianity was just a ruse, uh, because, you know, he actually did betray his people. He took them to over to Italy. He had them killed. So real hurt happened to, to, uh, to his tribe. So Mstivu, he was reminded by his uh, people that what happened to him was actually well-deserved. Uh, he had to uh, accept this assessment. Uh, and uh, after that, after he admitted, yeah, you know, I deserve it, I did wrong. Uh, then he was made to take an oath uh, in which he uh, like promised to from now on to be faithful to his people and uh, to his pagan faith. And only after that, uh, Slavs uh, supported Mstivu in, you know, getting back, uh, teaching the Duke of Saxony the lesson. Uh, so in this story, we really have it all. Uh, we have a pagan who, we have pagan Slavs who understand ambition, accept that lying in order to achieve one's goal is absolutely fine, as long as you don't betray your own kin, uh, because if you do that, whatever happens to you, it's kind of well-deserved. And, um, but on the other hand, you know, Mstivuj's, uh, the tribe of Mstivuj, they didn't cancel him, they didn't like throw him away. Uh, they gave him a chance to learn his lessons, to make up for the harm that uh, he caused. And, you know, last but not least, uh, they helped, uh, he, they gave him a chance to help uh, the whole tribe to get rich on plundering the Christians. 
And uh, here we get to another thing that ha you have to accept uh, as a follower of Slavic native faith. And uh, this thing that you have to accept is that getting rich is actually a good thing. Uh, as a follower of Slavic native faith, you do want to get rich and uh, either share your wealth with your family and community or while getting rich, you want to help your family and community to get rich as well. So what I have noticed among the modern Rodnovers is the, is the trend of Assisi's uh, self-deprivation, rejecting materialism and focusing on spiritual spirituality and such. And uh, it's all just BS. Uh, I did talk at length about how stupid is that, is this approach. I did talk about it in the episode number 10. So I will not elaborate much uh, more here, but I will share with you a story recorded by um, a chronicle, chronicle called Ibo in uh, Life of Saint Otto, Bishop of Bamberg. Uh, so um, as Ebo wrote, there was this guy called Bernard. Uh, he was a bishop of Spain. Uh, bishop from Spain, sorry, he was a bishop from Spain and he was a hermit as well and after uh, becoming a, like he didn't become, he was because you don't like, you know, you, you need to be consecrated as a bishop. So he was conse consecrated as a bishop in Rome and after that he could really easily just settle in Rome and uh, or in Spain and live a life of luxury but uh, it was he just decided that he rather suffers like any good Christian should and after he heard that there are still pagans in the north of Europe so you know nor like you know it, where the Slav, Polabian Slavs lived uh, he became a missionary and went off to Christianize the Christianize the Slavs uh, when he showed up in Volin, uh, which was like, you know, a big, big Slavic merchant town. Um, so he, when he showed up in Volin, uh, Bernard was barefoot and <laughs> he was wearing like poor quality robes, like any good Christian would, because I honestly don't know why, for some reasons, uh, Christians are supposed to wear rugs and don't pay any attention to... Uh, you know, <laughs> being presentable. <laughs> so he showed up in Volin uh, wearing uh, like bad quality clothes and barefoot on top of it. And he started telling uh, pagan Slavs that he had just been sent by the almighty God to guide the pagans to the path of truth. Uh, but when Slavs saw him and uh, the way he looked and they heard his words they just thought he was crazy they didn't believe me believe him obviously because um, well as they told him if he was truly a messenger of God he would be able to afford shoes <laughs> and decent clothing <laughs> because in Slavic tradition 
if gods are on your side they give you abundance of good stuff so then you can afford to have good quality clothing so a you are not uh, you are protected from the elements and don't die but also b uh, through the quality of of your clothing you can present to the world that you're doing well and that gods are on your side uh, i think the story of bernard from spain beautifully illustrates how christianized are some of the modern road novels. i mean there's just so many allegedly followers of slavic native faith who think that being rich is not good and it's it's all about you know being like spiritual development and meditation and uh, self-deprivation and such which is basically like 100% Christian stuff. Uh, this has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with Slavic pagan tradition. As a Slavic pagan, the point is not to suffer. The point is to have the best possible life, uh, to provide for your family in abundance and to share your blessings. So, you know, your literal and metaphorical harvest with your community. Um, as a Rodnover, if you peace poor and you're starving, that means you are failing at life <laughs> and you need to take actions to improve things. It's not good. Uh, you know, like the goal in Slavic native faith is to be well off and use your wealth to support your family and uh, your community. You're supposed to get rich and share. Um, similar situations I see burning Rodnoveri rituals and celebrations. Uh, I mean, thankfully, I don't see it anymore because the group I am I'm a member of right now is absolutely awesome. Uh, but in the past, I did, um, did see it. I saw supposedly pagan rituals that were <laughs> just such a drag. Uh, everything was just somber and serious. And the Zerza, so the priest was like talking like a swear, like a Catholic priest with the same like gravity and composture and uh, modulation, like, you know, like, oh, we've gathered today to worship our father. It was just, it was just so bad and uh, so not pagan. Uh, because the pagan rituals are supposed to be fun. You are supposed to have fun. You are supposed to eat and drink and dance and sing like, you know, ha have absolutely awesome time. And if you don't, this is being disrespectful to the gods, uh, to your tradition, to your family and all the community. Which, you know, can be hard, uh, like for me, for example, because um, the, uh, the group that I am a member of, uh, they, they organized the um, celebration quite far from where I live. So I have to drive there because, believe it or not, it's the cheapest way to get there and fastest as well. As well. So um, I can very rarely stay overnight. And that means because I'm driving, I cannot drink. And actually, sometimes it bothers me because uh, 
and we know it for sure from primary sources or on pre-Christian pagan Slavs, you are supposed to get wasted during a ritual feast. Uh, so right now I'm getting my daughter to uh, do her driving license and I'm hoping <laughs> then she will be able to drive us to the celebration so I can get wasted like a good Rodnover. Uh, but until then I have to just have a good time sober. I am still doing my best, but uh, you can have every, everything, I guess. Um, I'll do, although as a road novel, you should at least try. Uh, don't just assume that things are not achievable. Um, so that's pretty much everything I had to say today. Uh, to summarize, uh, your first steps as a follower of Slavic native faith should be to just get a reality check, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, see what's real and what you made up. Uh, then then you should really stop getting offended by, you know, unkind words. Uh, start being wary of people that praise you because their words can actually bring uh, a horde of malevolent demons upon you. Uh, you should get comfortable with getting rich and try to get rich if only possible. And last but not least, you should start building a healthy relationship, healthy relationships with people who will be willing and able to venerate you after your death. Um, as always, if you have anything to add, criticize or anything at all to say, do get in touch. I will link all the contact details in the notes of this uh, episode and for now take care stay real don't get offended and uh, suava hey.